Hello and welcome to the latest Clear Cruise podcast. Coming up later, Andy Harmer talks with Aurora Expeditions Managing Director Robert Halfpenny. But first, I hopped aboard Saga's brand new Spirit of Discovery to talk to Head of Trade Sales, Ian Powell. Enjoy. So I'm here with Ian on board the uh, brand new Spirit of Discovery. How are you? Very well, you? Yeah, very well. Good. So we're finally out to sea. Yeah, we are. You can relax. Sailing the Kent coast in the sunshine. (laughs) And Kent has never looked nicer than it is. Never looks better than it looks. It looks amazing. It was a very good day. It was all all planned, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So tell us about the ship, because it's the first ever new build for Saga, is that right? That's correct, yeah. First ever new build for Saga. Really, really special. a, a idea of about five years ago, um, which has now finally become reality. So yeah, really, really great. B- a big moment for the company. So what made you want to go for a new build? I think um, I think it's having full control over the design process. Yeah. I think obviously if you if you take a ship that has previously been with somebody else and then repurpose it, um, you are still limited a little bit by structure and you can't make wholesale changes. Having the op- opportunity to build something from scratch, to plan something that our customers want and to make sure that it caters perfectly for them, that's the reason we built we built from new. Yeah. So how long have you been with Saga now? Uh, myself, about a year and a half now. And big changes in that time? Big changes, yeah, fairly significant, particularly look, particularly within trade sales, so the area I look after, it's been, uh, we've done a lot, you know, and we've achieved a lot, which is, which is you know, credit to my team. We um, joined in January of last year. Uh, trade sales at that point was a, was a pretty small part of uh, cruise and the holidays business. Um, and where we are now, it's now booking more than 20% of our businesses coming via travel agents. So in the last year and a half, we've taken it from single figures into the 20s, which is a massive, massive achievement considering the size of the tour operator and also the fact that in cruise, obviously, we have uh, double capacity because right. we've got these two new ships, Spirit of Discovery we're on now and then Spirit of Adventure in a year's time. So. Um, Amazing, you know, we've got a really great team of uh, regional sales managers, six of them out there, some great account managers. Uh, yeah, big changes, but, but some great achievements. So tell us about yourself a little bit. Yeah. What okay. do you do for Saga? How, where, do you, where have you come from? Okay, cool. Yeah, so I am uh, head of trade sales for Saga, for Saga Travel. So I look after cruises right. and the tour operator business as well. Right. Um, so that's trade sales for both those sides. I, as I say, joined in January of uh, 2018. Uh, previously was with uh, Carnival UK. So I was working right. for P&O and QNOT. Uh, was there four years or so. Um, so I've always been travel. Before that was TUI, before that was Virgin. So always been in travel, kind of admittedly fell into Virgin Holidays a little bit as my first job, loved it. Uh, it's a great industry and uh, have done uh, aviation, uh, sales, uh, mainly account management, that sort of stuff. And then um, took this obviously uh, head of sales role uh, January of last year. So a good, a, good, a good step for me. So, I mean, P&O, Cunard and now Saga, those yeah. are big British brands. Correct, yes. So, yeah. Um, outside of the UK, how would you how would you describe Saga compared to the other brands? Yeah, I think um, they're very different, and I think look, uh, every cruise line will say they're they're very different to each other. I think the fact yeah. of the matter is actually I, I do believe that's true. I think that every cruise line is going after a different market and a different customer type. I don't actually believe we're we're really in competition with each other. Um, I think the 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 Saga brand is for the over fifties, so it's travel for the over fifties. That's our cruises and our holidays. Um, it is British. Uh, we have British heritage. Uh, we sell in the in Britain to the, to the UK. Uh, we 
Um, yeah, look, what we've built with Spirit of Discovery is a is meant to be a boutique hotel experience, as though you were going to a top uh, London boutique hotel, for example. British in design, but very, very modern and contemporary. Um, and I think, you know, I think everyone would agree we've 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 achieved that. So we're having the christening on Friday. By the time this goes out, the christening will have already taken place. Okay, great. Uh, Her Royal Highness. Yes, is, is the godmother. Yes. How did that come about? Uh, so, couple of couple of things. Um, very important for us to, as I say, stick to our British heritage, we believe. So it's really important for us to have uh, an affiliation, obviously, with the, the Britishness of the brand, as I said. We also have the uh, Silver Line, which is a charity who we're affiliated with and have, have a very close relationship with. Um, and, re and, and, and Her Royal Highness is the patron of that charity. So there is a, there is a very close connection between our business and between the charity and obviously uh, between Camilla as well so I think um, it fits really well I think it's been really really well received you know the, the, the feedback we've had from customers and externally beyond that has been really positive it'll be a very very special day uh, yeah really great really fantastic and we're uh, we're having the, the ceremony in Dover it's the first time in 10 years I yeah j just over a decade I believe yeah so uh, first time what what inspired you to come to Dover Dover is our home, so Saga was founded there, right. uh, well, in, in Folkestone in fact, and uh, we have our head office in Folkestone. So, so, so Ken, I guess our, our ties to Ken and our ties to the historic port of Dover uh, run through our business and have done for, well, its entirety of its life. And I think it, it is only right that therefore we, uh, we name a Christian the ship in Dover. It's the right thing to do and, and we're still very, very committed to that port. So. Next up, we've got the Spirit of Adventure. Spirit of Adventure, uh, August of next year. August of next year, excited? Very excited, I mean, it's funny. We've obviously put so much time and effort into the delivery of discovery. Right. And what's gonna happen, obviously, after these events, we're gonna have maybe a week or two's rest, and then we go again for adventure next year. Um, very excited. Uh, they are, so ex externally, they are the same ship. They will look very, very similar from the outside, and they are very much the same build in terms of size, but the interior of them will be wholly different. They're gonna be, uh, we, we kind of talk about it as sisters, not twins. Um, so they're gonna be, uh, they're still gonna be boutique, still gonna be luxury, still gonna have that British contemporary feel, but we're gonna use totally different color palettes, totally different artwork. We will have different dining venues. Right. Um, so structurally, internally, the ship will be slightly different as well. Um, we ideally we want guests to go on to discovery and say I now really want to try adventure and vice versa we we don't want two identical ships this yeah. is meant to be about try both and have a favorite that's kind of where we're going cool and how do they compare to the to the other ships in the fleet to be honest they're wholly different yeah. totally totally different this is this is a whole new world really for saga um, the older ships have been with us for some time sapphire and uh, pearl 2 which is now out of service and is, right. has, uh, has finished with saga so pearl 2 left the fleet in uh, april uh, of this year right. and sapphire will leave the fleet in uh, april of next year All so right. in essence the two ships the older ships come out of service with saga and then obviously we deliver discovery and then adventure. So uh, they're wholly different. They have more options in terms of bars, restaurants, their newer hardware obviously, which helps. Yeah. Um, the furnishings, the look and feel of it are, are pretty different. The bits that we've kept the same is the kind of the, we call it the saga DNA, but I guess that's the, that's the focus on, you know, dining, service, all of the stuff that means you have a really great holiday, but, but now with Discovery and Adventure, you're gonna be having that, that same level of service uh, with a little bit more choice and in very, very luxurious surroundings. Ian, thanks, thank you so much. No problem at all, thank you.
So Robert, thank you for joining us. Um, how's Aurora going? How's it all? How's it all going in the UK? Because you're fairly recently launched here. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it was. Go it's going great. We we caught up last year, you know, yes. and it was. Uh, you know, exciting times, and we we're still had a year before we we're going to launch. But uh, now the ship's on its way, literally on its way, and it'll be in Ishwaya and ready for the departure on the 31st of October. So we're pretty excited about that, and um, because of the success that we've had with that, yeah. we basically sold out all of the 1920 Antarctic season. We've got maybe a dozen berths left through the whole uh, season. Wow and uh, had a similar result with the Arctic that we've announced a, a second ship, so yes. we built. So this is, yeah, I'd say it's going pretty well. So yeah. it's going well. So presumably lots of Brits have now booked ahead and are planning to sail with you. Well, we, we've had a, a good run. I guess the sad thing is the Aussies get out so early, you know, right. they book so early. But uh, but yes, we're really pleased with where we were at with the with this market, and I, you know I want to actually say thanks to everyone for their support out here, and to and to Craig Upshaw, our uh, director of sales up here, because mm -hmm. well, I'd say we're going back two years now. We were probably doing eighty five percent Australians on our ship um, for the. 2021 season, uh, we're now looking at just a little bit over 50%, and half of that's actually coming out of uh, the UK. Wow. So we're really pleased. And I think the more ships that we put on, the longer the selling cycle, the more opportunity the, the Brits will have the, to, to experience the Greg Mortimer and the, the Aurora product. So do you think some of that is because uh, travel agents and consumers are now understanding the opportunities to explore some of these regions? Yeah, I, I think it's in your guys' DNA, actually. Yeah. Um, so they, and I think our, our proposition of a ship, of small ship, you know, 120 maximum passengers, uh, and our, kind of our DNA of being, you know, pioneering adventure type exploration, yeah through Greg Mortimer and all that, that kind of sits really well and it, it, it ties in well with the, the, the uh, UK travelers um, and they want to kind of see more remote destinations and get off the beaten track of it and then we offer that. So, so, so in terms of a, a, a cruising calendar, she obviously spends a lot of time in Antarctica during our summer, uh, sorry, during our winter, so and then how much time does she spend in other destinations? Well, so this is different than in the past. We used to time charter, like well, the Antarctic season and the, and the Arctic season, European Arctic season. But now with this new ship is 365 days, right? right. So, so we now have uh, voyages in Costa Rica and Patagonia and Ch Chile. We've gone in the Eastern Canada. So we've, we've spread it out uh, a lot more. Um, but we're not doing the old industry repositioning voyages right. when we go up to Costa Rica per se we, we go we do a, a voyage from Ushuaia at the end of the Antarctic season mm -hmm. we, and we travel through the Patagonian fjords we actually go into Patagonia and have a night in the mountains mm -hmm. off the ship and then kayak and zodiac through those fjords and head up into Santiago then we deadhead the ship up because uh, the stuff in between there is, is really relevant, but for us, it was really get up to Costa Rica and spend two weeks there yeah. 
because those national parks really fit us. I mean, some of those national parks only a hundred or a hundred people can visit a day, wow. and that suited Aurora. And and then the ecosystem, like six percent of the wildlife in the world is actually in that those parks, wow. so that one went off really well. So we are doing voyages along the way. Yeah. But uh, but we're not doing the reposition voyages. But we are. It's three sixty five. So we we got to keep it busy. And how do, how does the product change when you go to places outside of the polar regions? Because it must is it a different experience? Yeah, yeah, it is. So we bring on uh, local experts. Uh, but through the years, Aurora has always done that. Uh, so we did that with twenty eight years of ex experience and going to Papua New Guinea and the Kimberleys and. All, all over the place, right? So uh, we have that experience, but this ship was purpose-built for global exploration, not just for polar, polar regions. So that's where we have 80, 85% of the cabins are actually have balconies. And uh, so and we have we have hot tubs up on two, that hang over on deck eight on, the, on top off the side, like those uh, infinity pools yeah. um, and saunas. So it's not necessarily just for the polar regions. Um, although it has all the classifications of the ship that we have now, the Polar Pioneer. And is there an understanding, or have people understood now, that actually even on an exploration-style cruise, there is still great food and you know, great social spaces and great things to do? Yeah. Has that changed? Yeah, that has changed a bit for Aurora, it has. Uh, so yeah, there's always the top, what I consider the top uh, luxury uh, expedition cruise, like yeah. your Scenics and Crystals and all that. Um, and then there was the authentic, which was us, really, with like the Chimu and, and Cork and that. There was nothing in the middle that I kind of four and a half star. And right. with this ship, we were, were able to actually get that kind of quality and, and rooms and so forth on the ship with four and a half star meals. Now, that was unheard of, you know, a few maybe 10 years ago with Aurora. But now we have that, we're able to offer that, but it really is with Aurora, it's all about the destination. We're, we're more focused on that. That's all those activities that we pioneer, like uh, first to pioneer camping in the, in the uh, Antarctic uh, overnight, um, diving, snorkeling, you know, all these different kinds of activities. So we really live in that area. It's, right. it's luxury for us is, is actually the experience. And do guests therefore need to be a certain type of active explorer to do, or to to really enjoy those def destination experiences? That's a good question. It's a range. the The ethic or the the philosophy for Aurora is that we want to take everyone a little bit outside their comfort zone, but have the the capacity to bring them back when they get a little bit into that panic stage, yeah. right? So for some people, it's a Zodiac cruise and doing the landings yeah. is, is, is adventurous enough. For others, like we talked about earlier, is diving, you know, polar diving or skiing, polar skiing where they hike up the mountains and, and ski down virgin slopes. But, or, they, or another one would be the Shekelin Trek, uh, where we drop maybe six to eight mountaineers off on one side of South Georgia and they go and check those footsteps over the next 36 hours and sleep out. But there's only six of them, right, of the 120. But so we, it's really kind of a family at the end yeah, of the, yeah. the environment that we have. So you could sit at a table of six for dinner. We have one, only one restaurant. 
and everyone sits together. You might have a diver there. You might have an eight-year-old uh, person who's, who's doing a Zodiac cruise, you know, and an eight-year-old. And they're all sitting there sharing together, you know, and, and, the, and the experiences that each one has. And are people genuinely surprised that this, these kinds of experiences are available? Because crew, if you use the word cruise, it kind of conjures up maybe different images. Yeah, that's a good question, too, because it's really hard to really concisely talk about Aurora because it's such a you know, great because he basically built this organically when he first did this, the, the original owner. Um, and so I think we originally we had 97% capacity on a 54 passenger ship, which is the Polar Pioneer that we have now, right? So it was not really booked outside of a, a, a core group of people that just told friends. Right. Uh, but now that we're building these new ships and sharing this to a larger vessel, which is a lot more comfortable, um, it's actually, we are getting the cruise people coming through. So they're, they're kind of going through that cycle of maybe they were the backpackers that are young, and then they toured, they made some money, and then now they've gotten to the, the, the cycle where they want something to get off the beaten track and get real experiences in remote areas. And that now we can actually uh, accommodate them. And then have those so have those customers clearly have changed over uh, over the life cycle of Aurora, I guess. Um, is sustainability high on their list? Yeah, it is very much so, and always was. In right. fact, uh, uh, Greg Mortimer was one of the, uh, the probably the first pioneers in sustainability. In the '90s, he was looking into this, right? Um, and then I think Aurora actually probably lost its way in the last few years and some of the other expedition operators have really jumped in there and, and doing some amazing things. Um, so one thing that we've done just recently is we went back to, to Greg and uh, talked to him about this and he's re-engaged in the company. He's not financially involved, but he's, he's in there for the, the legacy of it. Yeah. Uh, we named the first ship after him. Sure. but. But in the three things that we talked to him about was one that he was always a mentor to me over the last two and a half years, right? For because he just has that experience, right? Yeah. Second, he used to keep the philosophies of Aurora within the organization from board down. Uh, the, and then the third was sustainability, which he was very passionate about. And he's kind of taken a different angle on it, which I really like. We've been speaking about this. We actually signed him up officially to do this in May. And he just had last Friday in the office going around the office and talking to each individual and, and getting a feel of it. But he's come up and he, he said, what we're going to do is uh, responsible travel is what we're going to call it. And that's going to be responsible in a diff couple different ways. One, sustainability like the, you know, the reusable, no reusable plastics. Yeah. And, he's gonna, and we're doing things with our hospitality right. to make sure that they're doing the right thing as well on keeping green. Um, but then also that we're keep small, like so that we're only 120. So when I say 120, there's 100 passengers on land, which is the maximum you can ever have on land at one time. Yeah. And we're not going to go over that. So when we do those landings where there's only a maximum of 100 for two to four hours, our people are there the whole time. So they slow down right. and they don't make as much of an impact because a lot of the others are actually cycling the passengers in. And, it, and they just, it, you first get landing, you get very excited and do lots of running around. It causes a bit of damage, right? So when you slow down, that's when the magic happens. Uh, you've recently announced the second ship, which is very exciting. Yeah. Uh, second new ship, sorry. So, so tell us about that. When's it coming and is it, is it a sister to the, the new Greg? 
Yeah, so it is exactly that. It's going to be uh, the sister to the, the, the Greg Mortimer. We're going to stay with the same number, uh, 120. The only difference will be that it'll be four years further down the technological path, right? So though there are a couple little uh, special things that are going to come with this ship that we'll announce in the, in the next couple of months. Sure. Um, but it is actually a... Uh, the, um, basically, we just we're overprescribed and we're running out of inventory for people later in the booking cycle, right. and so this is just helping us with that. And similar itineraries and destinations. Uh, similar itineraries, but broader. So we'll be able to go to some places that we just haven't been able to do with this one ship. So there's some great destinations coming up. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we we did it with Franz Joseph and all that. Franz Joseph landing that with this ship, but. Uh, We've got, we'll be going in different destinations with that ship, yeah. And when you go to new destinations, presumably there's a lot of work that happens before the ship even gets there to make sure the experiences on land are, are what the guests are looking for and to make it, I guess, as exciting and authentic as possible. So how long a process is that? Yeah, it's, it's about a three-year process, actually. Um, Mark Lee, our product guy, he works with, well, he's working with Greg right now and a number of, one, number of our uh, expedition team putting those programs together. Um, so, yeah, it, is a, it, it takes a long time to, to, to do it. The good news is we've got 28 years of past knowledge, um, and it's just refreshing up some of the areas that we've been in, in the past. So... So, well, one thing that we've done, I'll give you an example. We, we ran out of 2021, or sorry, 2020 Arctic uh, capacity. So we launched four new voyages in January of this year um, that we were able to plug pre and post off of the Arctic season. And so we've got those out. Um, and that process had taken years. They actually put, they were, we were holding them off the, to launch the following year. Uh, but we brought them uh, a little bit sooner and quicker uh, to market. And so there's, and what we did at the beginning there was we, we surveyed our existing clientele and asked where they wanted to go. And then one of the ones that was right up top was, uh, was uh, Iceland. Okay. So we're circumnavigating Iceland uh, with the ship. So a lot of people can go into Iceland, it's been huge, right? But mostly driving. And yeah. so this is giving a little bit of a different uh, coastal perspective with the zodiacs and the kayaks and everything. Um, and then another one was uh, heading up from Iceland up to, uh, how do you pronounce that, Craig? Is it Jungmeyer? Young Mayan. Uh, it's a uh, volcanic island okay. in the middle of the, the uh, between Iceland and Svalbard. And there it's an active volcano. And it kind of, I get the idea it's like something right out of King Kong because. <laughs> It's there and it has a real great ecosystem. And so we'll be seeing that. And then we head up to Svalberg on that one um, uh, and see the polar bears that are, are famous up in that area. And then the other is uh, West Greenland was one that we rated really highly. So we're in and out of Nook in Greenland there. So that'll be good. And then, um, and then a, another one that comes down the east coast of Canada. So wow, a lot good. happening. Yes, yeah, so there's still availability in those ones. So with ships being in fairly close proximity, our ships coming into the UK at all, will there be an opportunity for agents to visit? Yes, yes there is. Uh, so when is that? It's 21, um, I think. So in 2020, 20. we'll have the ship in Reykjavik okay. uh, for four turnaround times throughout the Arctic season next year. 
So the plan is that we'll take agents and partners up to visit the ship and while it's in, in Reykjavik on its turnaround day. Because there, there must be a challenge with agents understanding the experience if they don't even know what your ship Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the biggest challenge because it's such a unique product proposal, right? With all these, you know, camping, kayaks, yeah. diving, snorkeling. So we do so much. So, but it, it, to be able to see it firsthand and that experience is always the best way. It's, it's best if we can get them up into the polar regions and <laughs> Costa Rica and stuff yeah. like that, but I think they'll, they'll see, they'll understand. Yeah. Yeah. Recky Bates will sound lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, look, good luck with your new ship um, and the ships that follow, and thanks for talking to us. Okay, cheers. That's all from us this week. Thank you to Ian, Robert, and Andy for taking part. Let us know your thoughts online by using the hashtag ClearPod. That's C L I A P O D. And of course, we'll be back next week with more from across the industry. Thanks for listening. My name's Toby Cruz. Happy cruising.